This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the county result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. And you can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything. From which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However... When it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. The following podcast contains violent scenes, hard drug use, scenes of a sexual nature and flashing images. Now, there's none of that. It does, however, feature strong language. So if you're listening with small children, kindly tell them to... The dickheads. You're listening to the Scarf Pagara War. For county fans, by county fans. Oh, great flick up by Alan Armstrong. Hello and welcome to the Scarf Bagara Warsi Series 7 Episode 31, uh, County Podcast for the Fans by the Fans. I'm Russ Johnson, I'm joined as always by, uh, with Dave, by, by Dave should I say. <laughs> Good evening mate. Evening. See my, my intros aren't as slick as Nick's are they? I'm really, really sorry about <laughs> that. Um, I, don't, I don't sit there practising them every night you see, that's what it is. Uh, and we're delighted to be joined uh, for the second time on the Scarf Bagara podcast by Chloe Beresford. Hi Chloe. Hi yeah. You okay? Yeah, all good, especially after last night. Yeah, I bet. I bet. Are you sort of following Italy as well? Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, I don't know, it's weird because Italy, because I cover that league, all the players are really, really familiar, much more so than the England players because I just don't watch Premier League at all, really. Um, but, you know, my heart's with England. It's, it, you know, Italy is, uh, I always want them to do well, but it's got to be England. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you're probably in the same boat as everybody that's got allegiances with other countries, I guess, whether through family or through interest. Yeah. Um, so, agenda tonight: we'll we'll cover a bit about county, talk about the friendlies, kit launch, potential rumours about signings. Obviously, we will. There's, there's bound to be signings. I know everybody else is is, is making moves, uh, and then we'll move on to the Euro. So we'll discuss the England Germany match talk around Italy and, and just some of the other happenings that have happened in the Euros because it's been a bit quiet in the Euros, hasn't it? Not. <laughs> um, so I don't think we've got a title either. We've not got any titles to run, so let's just get straight into it. If we start with County, um, the friendlies, 
a couple or uh, two or three under twenty three teams are in there. The usual Geisley away, Curzon Ashton. Um, I've got to say, it's rather uninspiring. There's no, there's no ones that, I'm, that are jumping out to me to say I, d- I definitely want to go to that friendly. Yeah, and I thought I, I wasn't really that bothered. Uh, I thought they were all okay. Um, you like you say, you've got a couple of away ones there. Geisley's uh, quite a good day out. Um, uh, I can kind of suppose kind of agree a little bit that you know we're hoping for a bigger, maybe a championship club at home. Um, you know, sending their first team or whatever. But yeah, it's all about it's all about fitness and cohesion and mm-hmm. things like that, isn't it? Preseason. Mm-hmm. So I'm not that fussed. And and Nick raised a good point the other day that um, the football league season starts before us. Yeah. Uh, so they'll be a lot further on in their preparation. So it's kind of a little bit like last preseason where we end up doing it backwards, where we were playing teams of a. Um, a bigger stature at the beginning because they were further on. So could have ended up like that. Yeah, I noticed that uh, the football league teams now are back in training, aren't they? Um, make you know making signings and the contracts end t- today. I think a lot of the contracts don't they? They, they run out today. So maybe we'll make our move um, with that football league in mind. From tomorrow on, tomorrow onwards, I'm guessing you know in terms of signing players because that, that's the that's the shopping list we're we're in, isn't it? It's the football league and not the, the non league scene. Or there may be one or two from the non league. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, I think we'll start to see a few things being discussed and hopefully being announced uh, within the next next week or so. Yeah, definitely. So kit launch tomorrow. So as you're listening to this. Um, I'm guessing the kits will have already been launched. We'll already have seen them. So we, we could probably speculate a bit on, on what they look like. Chloe, have you seen any anything about the kit launch? Yeah, I saw a video. It, it looks um, a little bit sky blueish, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> a bit ominous. Yeah, bit ominous. we were saying that. We were saying that just before we, we, we came online. Now it does look dangerously sky blue. Um but I think we've I think we've been here before, haven't we? Where kits have looked a bit sky blue. I remember the the um, the one with the one with the Stockport Metropolitan Borough Council on it was a bit seemed a bit light to me. Um, but then when you actually when they actually brought it out and you saw it in the flesh, so to speak, it looked it looked dark enough not to be considered anything near City. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think the the back of it on that on that little video looks very blue, and that's kind of what everyone's seen. But if you see the front of it looks quite dark so mm. kind of hoping hoping it's a royal blue yeah 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 we want it to be more less napoli and more sampdoria more sampdoria oh yes. those kits are so good aren't they those yeah. sampdoria kits they are they've always been they've always been good haven't they and our equivalent won the best kit of the 2000s so far did it I think oh, best the, kit of the thing that County did, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The, the sort of Sampdoria equivalent, one yeah, with, the, uh, the, with the stripe across the front. Um, yeah, and I, I, I think it's clear that Vita is going to be the main sponsor. Yeah, it looks that way, doesn't it? You see a little glimpse of that on on the video, so it, yeah. it, it kind of makes sense. And it looks like the the Pioneer Group are the sleeve sponsor for the for the home kit. Yeah, looks good. Yeah, yeah. Um, black and white away as well. What you reckon is going to be black and white away? Yeah, yeah. Because you see, the the other part of that video was a white shirt, wasn't it? Black shorts, ah, right? So 
Oh, yeah, 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 okay, yeah. And the third kit, I mean, I was guessing that the third kit might be black. Um, but then I think we had a chat, didn't we? I don't think it can be because of the referees. That's right. That's a shame, that. That's another reason why we need to get out of this league, because we need, <laughs> we need another we need another black third shirt again. Yeah. That was... Um, that was classy. I remember remember when we wore that at Oldham away when we lost 3-1 and um, I was actually in the corporate boxes for it uh, as a freebie, surrounded by Oldham fans and they all booed me as well when when uh, I told them everyone, you know, told everyone I was a county fan. And one one guy just 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 said that we looked like 10 referees, you know, playing a playing a football match. So he didn't like it that much. But I I've, I've got it on my wall. I think that's one of the best kits of the of the decade that, as well. That the Deodora one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I loved that. Absolutely loved it. Yeah. Um and there is just to just to point something out, there is that kit launch as well. The not the kit launch, the uh, shirt collection to be held at County. Yeah. Good batch, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, mm. looks, looks good. Anyone going? Yeah, maybe. I'd I'd like a look at that uh Romania shirt, definitely. Yeah, it's free entry, isn't it? Um that's, Oh is it? That's yeah. Next right. week, I can't remember the exact dates. I'm sure it's next week, but yeah, Is it, it, like, starting this weekend and going into early next That's week. It. I think. Yeah, yeah, right. So not a good time to have to isolate for ten days then, as 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 I have to. Oh, am I going to miss it then? <laughs> Is that what you're telling me? It looks like it, mate. <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> oh. That was, my, that was my good news this morning. I got to isolate for 10 days. Anyway, we digress. On to new signings. Um, there's a couple of rumours flying around. Nothing concrete yet, but Sam Byrne did tweet about the the Accrington lad who's a central defensive midfielder slash centre-half. I know nothing about him at all. Um, anybody else? That, that silence suggests that, that, <laughs> that Chloe and I also no. know nothing about him. Um, no, but... Apparently the rumour's got legs, so we'll, I'm sure we'll find out in the next few days. Um, I have noticed that um, the Ben from Hazel Grove contingent are, are back again, aren't they? With the announce, announce someone, announce. Oh yeah, yeah. Jesus, <laughs> that like replying to that the kit launch teaser video. Like this is okay, but it's not a signing. Fucking have a day off. It's just yeah. ridiculous. It's it's almost like you, you want them to have a day off because they don't realise that the, the people at County need a day off as well. You can't. Yeah. You, what, I'm, what I'm saying is you can't have news every single day, can you? It doesn't work like that. No. Um, I think I think some people prefer the transfer stuff to the actual football at times. <laughs> it gets them so giddy. It's like you know, it's like a drug to them. Yeah. No, it is. And it's funny. And it, it's, it's just. I think it's just a sign of. I'm not going to sit here and say the youth of today, but it's just a sign of of today anyway. Just generally that we just we just want like content all the time, don't we? Mm. You know, every day I want you know you're refreshing your 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 Twitter feed every every half an hour or even less in some in some cases. Whereas when we when when we were growing up, well, certainly me and Dave, um, it was waiting for um, club call to to refresh on Seahawks. Yeah, yeah. All right. Waiting for Wednesday when the Stockport Express comes out. Exactly, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, See, I, I lived in Stanley Bridge, so there was no hope of getting the Stockport Express. So you relied on the evening news. So you used to get like... Oh, not much in there. Yeah, you used to get like maybe a paragraph 
in it amongst all the City and United stuff. Yeah. Did you? Uh, well, you you won't know, Dave. You might know Chloe, but did you ever get the free paper? Did that ever yeah. get delivered around your way? You see, we weren't yeah. posh enough for that. I I grew up in Bridgehall and Brinney, and they didn't deliver free papers in those areas. But uh, was was the county using the free papers as well? Yeah, but like a a bit of a reduced version of it. Right. <laughs> uh, my favourite was when they used to do the um, Edgeley Park Echo. I don't oh, know. Oh yeah, yeah. Remember yeah. that. I remember yeah. that. And uh, it was it had colour pictures, and I, I I used to enjoy cutting cutting that stuff out and articles out and putting them in my scrapbook. Nice, <laughs> nice. That's oh, that's brilliant. That do you know what I did when I was a kid? Um, the the Anfield rap, I I changed it to a county one, <laughs> included all the county players, and looked at it all the way through. Honestly. And it was just, it was amazing. I, I, used, I, was, I used to sing it to my stepdad and he was like, he, he, he said to me, he said, you should send that in to, to, to County. They'd do something with that. And I'm like, no, no way. <laughs> Magnificent. Um, Can you do it again, please? No. I, well, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll dig it out. I'll probably be able to re- recite it again. I just need to dig out the, the song because it wasn't, it wasn't, oh no, it was Pass and Move, the Liverpool Groove, not the Anfield Rap. Oh yeah, I remember that. In about 96 or something. Yeah. That's it. So I, I, I'd obviously replaced all the players with like Marsden, Bennett, Armstrong. <laughs> it, it was good. It was good. I, I enjoyed it. Um, Ken Charlery. Yeah, no, yeah. I don't think I don't think he made it. I don't think he made the cut. <laughs> we had to we had to find things to do when we didn't have the internet, didn't we? <laughs> <laughs> well, we did, didn't we? No, it's, it's so true. I, you know, I used to spend my days playing Sabutio and making up raps. To, to already existed songs. Yeah, brilliant. Oh, Diamond Days then, Diamond Days. Um, we've heard that we might be signing a goalkeeper. I know that's probably, it's a rumour, but we need goalkeepers anyway because we've only got one, don't we? So, um, Yeah, fairly certain that one will be trotting through the, the gates at Carrington fairly soon. Yeah. But, but do you know, I was thinking about this just to, just to sort of touch on County a bit more. We all we we signed that Fitzsimmons. We had Josh Barnes here from the start. We we signed Fitzsimmons. None of them were were going to dislodge Hinchcliffe from this from his from his number one slot. But I don't I didn't I don't I didn't quite understand why we signed Fitzsimmons if we had Josh Barnes. I didn't get it either. And did we pay for him? I still don't quite get that. Did we we paid something to Boston. I don't get sure. it. I don't I don't understand. Uh, yeah. As you can tell, I really don't get it. So, yeah, yeah it's, uh, it was a bit odd. It was. So, I mean, that, that concludes the county section of this podcast. And that was, you know, the level of knowledge we just outputted there was immense. Mm, um, hashtag analysis. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, I think we'll move on quickly and, and f- f- forget that ever happened. Uh, just before we, before we get on to the Euros, um, the Fan Hub app is still alive and kicking it's still going get get, you know get that downloaded choose stockport county as your team Uh, there's going to be features added to that um there's there's a couple of good sort of feeds that go into that for for county fans it's it's non-league um sort of articles nothing to replace your blog um dave by the way but this is this is this is generically about the league and and had we have read a lot of these articles we may have been a bit more informed about the players (laughs) that we might be signing um so there's off the line uh, which is a blog and over the bar as well. So they're both non-league or national league, should I say, um, 
articles that automatically come into the Stockport County feed. So you'll get our podcast, Dave, Dave's blog, and um, and those two those two blogs as well. So give those a um, give those a read. Okay, should we move on to the Euros? Yeah, just before just before we do, still this, mm. this is county related. Just want to give a mention to the Danny Bagara statue. Oh yeah, fundraising at the co-op uh, and help that has contributed to already. Um, so yeah, I think they're around about five grand at the moment. But um, but yeah, yeah, if you can donate to that, then it's a really really worthy cause. And um, they shared the Danny Bagara article that I wrote. Um, recently, so if you check out the the co-op on Facebook or Twitter or on their website, you'll be able to have a, a read of that. Yeah, good stuff. And probably just to add to that as well, before COVID struck, uh, myself and Phil Brennan were going to we were planning to do a series of Danny Begara special podcasts um, and bringing in people that knew him, his family, um, and people at the club that 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 knew him well as well. So. Once we do come out of COVID, COVID times, I think that's something that we'll kick off again and start to bring that to you. Okay, Euros then. There's only one place to start, isn't there? France, Switzerland. <laughs> exactly. I was going to say Ukraine's, uh, well, Sweden's red card against Ukraine. Because that was Oh, a... oh no, I don't know if you saw that. Got all shivery just thinking about that. It seemed to split opinion as well. Of uh, you know, I certainly on my Twitter feed when I was looking down it, like whether it was a, a red card or not. Um, it it looked pretty nasty to me, but you know, a lot of people saying they didn't think it was a red card. Yeah, and I, I can see why. Uh, I mean, it was a genuine attempt to play the ball. I think he, pl- I think he, in fact, no, he played the ball first. Yeah. So it, it was his, it was his momentum that carried mm. his foot, but his foot was studs up into the, the, right onto the knee of the of, of the other lad. Yeah, um, yeah. It's a good job he didn't have his foot planted, isn't it? I don't think he did anyway. Or it wasn't with with his full weight on it. Yeah, because it was. It, it probably broke his leg doing that. Yeah, I mean, he definitely went off injured. I, his foot was planted, but I don't think his full weight would have because he just snapped his leg. Probably. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Mm. It was it was dead boring though, wasn't it? I was losing the ball <laughs> by the end of it. <laughs> yeah, through that, yeah. and then the Benton body scored, didn't they? <laughs> yeah. Didn't get penalties yeah. out yeah. of it. Robbed us of penalties. Well, when you've been when you've been spoiled with Croatia, Spain, and France, Switzerland the night before. You know, I think I think our, our game probably seemed boring to the neutral, didn't it? Um, probably. But let, let's let's start with England and Germany then. Um, what did you What did you make of that? I know we I know we won two 0 and it was great. And my my voice is suffering now because of it. If you can hear that, um, what what did, what did you make of it? Yeah, I thought we were we were livelier um, in the first half than we had been in the previous two games. I thought we looked a little bit more aggressive going forward um, without creating shed loads of chances. But yeah, I certainly think we, we matched Germany in the first half. Second half, the pace dropped off a little bit, didn't it? And we were beginning to, to struggle to get anything going. Um, but credit to Southgate. Um, the substitution was was great. 
Grealish and two assists from him. Um, and we, we took our chances. I don't want to say it was like a really great polished performance, but we took our chances. And, you know, tournament football, that's all that matters really, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I, I thought it was... It was a very un-England-like performance, if you could say that. If you you know think back to all the other knockout games that we've had, and there's always like turmoil and there's you know um, moments of pain and all that. And it was mm. it was just like really um, professional. It was um, it's almost like he's taken all that strife and all that uh, desperation somehow out of the mentality of the players, and he's. Uh, and, and they're just really, really calm in what they're doing. They, they weren't, they were playing well and creating chances, but they weren't scoring. But they didn't look like they were getting frustrated. They didn't look like they were panicking. They were, they had a plan and they they executed it. And it was almost like when Thomas Muller missed, it was almost like we turned Germany into us. Because it was like a bit of a role reversal because, you know, they're often like that, aren't they? So um, almost robotic in the way that they carry out the games and not like them to have such a dreadful miss. And, uh, yeah, it, it, I just thought there's there's been a lot of talk and a lot of people who've um, put in their opinions. And I just think, you know, nobody is... Nobody is privy to what's going on in the camp. Nobody's seen what Southgate has seen. And I think by getting us to the semi-final of the World Cup last time, I think he's he should have earned enough credit, really, to let us just get on, him get on with his job and and do what he's doing because mm. it's working. Yeah, I t- totally agree. I had a big smile on my face when I was listening to you then because you're right, it's professional. I mean, some people, I've seen it a lot on Twitter, some people are saying, well, it's boring and, oh, the first half, it's boring, just attack, defensive, really defensive team, but it's a solid team, isn't it? Um, it's, and and I'd, I'd not thought about it before, but yeah, your analogy about we've he's turned us into Germany, kind of, or they, they were playing like we, we were in the past. Totally yeah. agree with that. Yeah, really, really, really good analogy. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think playing the, the two holding midfielders does limit our attack somewhat. It's just, it's, it's a balance, isn't it? Mm. Um, but I thought both Rice and Phillips were excellent yesterday. Absolutely brilliant, both of them. Um, we needed that little bit of an attacking spark, I think. Um, and, you know, look at, the, look at the players he's got on the bench. You know, mm. Foden didn't even get on, you know what I mean? It just... Mm. And that's certainly nothing against Southgate. I mean, he did what he needed to do, brought Grealish on, and yeah, yeah, took our chances. And it it was a little bit surreal. You know, we'd beaten Germany, finally, in a knockout game, you know what I mean? And Yeah. Yeah, like you were saying there, Chloe, roles reversed a little bit. Yeah, and then after that sort of professional performance where they kept their emotions in check... Um, the players then let their emotions out at the end, didn't they? The, mm. Harry Kane was very emotional, and uh, Southgate himself seemed, you know, quite emotional. And mentioned his his teammates from '96, and he still felt like he he was letting he'd let them down. And um, I think he's coached them to say, "Look, leave your emotions until after we've got the job done." Mm. 
and you, you could see it sort of poured out afterwards and they were just looking at the crowd thinking god this is brilliant and um i think we really needed somebody it was so clear through all these years that we needed somebody who was um smart in terms of mentality because that was such a big problem wasn't it that we just couldn't we just we were just like too emotionally invested I think if you look at someone like Gaza he was so emotionally invested in the outcome that things started to go wrong Mm. and I think Southgate probably has recognized that um and I think he's he's moved to a very tactical approach which again perhaps England have not had in the past have tried to shoehorn there was all that jump um Gerard and Lampard thing where he tried to shoehorn yeah. them both into the eleven, whereas Southgate's got a more um he's he's looking at the team as a whole and it's more tactical and perhaps we're um not as used to that. I mean obviously watching Serie A I see that a lot. Um even the smaller teams are like that. Everybody's got this tactical uh tactics first kind of approach. But I think he's adopted that and maybe um some people haven't quite caught up to that yet, but uh, yeah, I think I think it's just what's needed to be done, and it feels like we've drawn a line in the sand and and moved forward from all those days where we had all those disappointments. Yeah, I completely agree. Absolutely, one hundred percent agree. I think rather than just kind of throwing it together and picking the eleven best players that we have, there's actually a plan. There's actually mm. a game plan. And and yesterday was a classic example of that. We're difficult to to break down. Germany had a couple of chances. Um, I thought Pitford made a couple of excellent saves, uh, especially the one in the second half. Um, mm. uh, yeah, yeah. I think we executed the game plan really well. Um, but completely agree that Southgate, you know, really is the right right man for the job. Really is. He's he's so determined. Does things his way, doesn't he? Doesn't get involved with the with the press. There's mm. no. Yeah. There's no scandal. There's no. There's, there's nothing. It always used to be, didn't there, before the World Cup mm. or before the Euros, um, and the camp seems very united. There's no club divisions in there. Mm. Uh, well, it would appear not. Anyway, they seem seem very united, very very on board with what with what Southgate's doing. So yeah, all credit to him. And now we've got an absolutely brilliant chance to get into the final. Um, you know. There's yeah. a couple of winnable games there, um, and then it's a coin toss in the in the final, really, isn't it? One off, who knows? Yeah. Did you know? Um, fun fact: that was the first time England have won a European Championship knockout game in ninety minutes. Yeah, I heard them say that last uh, night. Uh, the, Spain, yeah. the Spain game was penalties, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. In your '96. So I just thought that was a, 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 an interesting fact, considering it's been going what since the sixties, has it? Yeah, yeah, nineteen sixty, I think was the first one. But you mentioned yeah. that, Chloe about the, the interviews after the game, and I didn't see them properly. I had the highlights on last night, but I just kind of had one eye on it. I didn't see them properly till today. And Kane was just mm. just speechless, wasn't he? Just so mm. emotional, wasn't he? And we kind of forget that because the footballers we think they're kind of you know don't have any emotions and don't have any feelings and they're not like real human beings it's kind of like superheroes but yeah just regular people at the end of the day um and Southgate's interview like you mentioned there was 
he said you can't change what happened in the past. And it it was just it was just goosebump stuff, wasn't it? Mm, it just, was. He just cares so much, and you know, but he, he's he can't change the past. But what he, he is doing now is making the future, giving us more moments to talk about in you know in twenty five thirty years. And it's clear, I think, um, when he speaks about that past and that game. Um, you know, the, it makes me cringe a bit because the interviews are so desperate to bring it up. And, yeah. Um, but when he speaks about it, it's clear that um, the way he speaks about it shows that over the years, he's had to do a lot of work on getting over that and getting past that. And it's clear how much that affected him mentally. And, um, you know, some of the newspaper cl- uh, culture in this country is has made it very, very difficult for him. And I think that's why he's so determined to isolate the players from all that toxic nonsense. Um, and the, in the past, it seemed like the fortunes of the England team were very, very much linked to what the papers were saying. Um, and now it just seems like they've made this little cocoon where they're away from it and they, they don't listen to all that and... Um, you know, it, it takes a real a real strength to come through what Southgate's come through and then not only protect himself, but protect his players from that too. Mm. Yeah, definitely. I, I totally agree with that. I, th- I think he's, 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 he's trailblazing sort of the modern, the modern manager or the modern, the modern way that um, footballers should be treated. If you know from from grassroots when they get released by by Premier League clubs or academies, all the way through to the man management of players and treating them like human beings, you know, and and all or probably all the way out up to when they leave the game and and the support network they've got when they leave the game because you know, we, you know, that that's spoken about quite a lot and that it's interesting you say that 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 sort of mental health from that 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 penalty shootout in 1996 and how he's had to deal with that he's the best he's the person that's best placed to to come now and be the manager and 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 take all that pressure away from them isn't he um and it's it's probably no coincidence as well that mental health um and all the other movements you know that 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 surround it you know about lgbt and and that you know you know hope united is it and her game too as well it all it's all sort of gathering a lot of pace now isn't it and for me, someone like Gareth Southgate, he's, you're right. He's he's not he's not like a, a panicky manager. He's he's not doing dodgy deals under the table like Allardyce. <laughs> he's not having an affair with someone because he's, he's you know like Sven Juran Eriksson, all that kind of thing. He's just dead straight and, and dead professional, and and you can see that it comes out in the players, no matter which players he plays. Yeah, yeah, it's like a culture of respect, isn't it? I think mm. um, for 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 everybody and. Um, it's it's really good to see with some of, some of the absolute awful rubbish that's come out of the England team in, in the last thirty years. It's, yeah. it's it's really refreshing, isn't it? Yeah, it really yeah, is. Yeah, they might have been on the BBC yesterday. Actually, in the in the build up, they showed um, the um, highlights of Euro '96. You know, the, the semi final against Germany and that, and the interview. Obviously, afterwards with Gareth, a young Gareth Southgate, um, and he just said, the, "You know, the connection on the penalty wasn't what he wanted." And then he said, "The next thing I remember is walking back to the centre circle 
thinking, oh no, what have I done? And it's just, you cannot compre- comprehend the, you're in a stadium full of people with the world watching and you've just, oh, it's just so heartbreaking, isn't it? Mm. And he's only a young, yeah, young lad at the time, wasn't he, as well? He must have been only been in his early to mid-20s. And yeah, what he, what he went through in the sort of the 20, 20 years, 25 years since then, it must have been hell at times. He must have really felt the weight of expectation of the nation as well, because you know it was, it it was at home and there was such a buzz, um, you know, especially after England beat uh, the Netherlands four one. There was such a weight of expectation, wasn't there? And he must have felt all that on his shoulders. Mm. And it, it it it's too much for one person. That it's too much for one person to carry that burden. Yeah. Um, you know, and it, it's interesting actually. I was, uh, speaking about it with someone else recently and they said, they pointed out that actually there was Les Ferdinand and Robbie Fowler on the bench so really why didn't Venables put them on because they took penalties for their clubs mm. rather than having to put someone like Gareth Southgate, okay I'll take one sort of thing um, you know, yeah. it could have been a lot different Oh you're right you're right, yeah, completely agree about that, you know when you get towards the end of extra time, you need to put a penalty taker on, don't you? Yeah. Yep. Eee. Yeah. Um, so the game then, the game itself, two well-worked goals. Grealish made a difference. Um, Luke Shaw, I thought, was fantastic. Um, any, anybody anybody stand out? I mean, I know, I know they probably all had good games, but did anybody stand out above the rest for you, Chloe? Uh, for me, I think Kyle Walker. He was absolutely immense. He was um, not just n- not just in terms of his actual play, but in terms of his positioning and uh, his awareness. And uh, that that he got that back three working so well. But I just I just think he's he's such a, a classy footballer, Kyle Walker, and um, I think he 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 was great. Yeah, I agree with that. I thought uh, Declan Rice played really, as I mentioned before, both he and Phillips in, in the middle there. I thought I thought Rice was excellent. Um, you know, he's on. They're all they're all you know fairly young, aren't they? But um, and he's relatively inexperienced at international level as well, isn't he? And yeah, it was fantastic yesterday. Yeah, maybe a special word for Pickford as well. I know you you picked up on it before, Dave. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Made a couple of good saves. That that one from Havertz. Um, oh, wonderful, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, and I saw a clip as well because I follow a lot of goalkeeping coaching uh, feeds and things. I saw a clip of him doing that drill um, in training. So, so as as a coach, what you'll do is you, you try to make it game realistic in case you, in case you face it in the match, which sounds obvious, but you'd be surprised how many coaches don't do that, <laughs> you know, for the players. Mm-hmm. Um, and he and he was doing that exact move where you know, shot straight down the barrel. Um, tipping it over the bar so yeah practice makes perfect if you're listening kids yeah yeah he is yeah very commanding you know he's obviously got the well the defensive obviously got a lot of, lot of confidence in him and secretly one of our, our better players this tournament mm-hmm. yeah just kind of a bit low-key there because obviously we, we were focusing on goal scoring and um and the kind of flair players that we've got but pitford has been been quite good so far yeah, uh, I read that he's been working on his uh, 
hand positioning. All oh, right, right. Uh, yeah, um, and he's had a like a, a mental coach, um, but he's also had some help with his hand positioning. I I watched a really I, I I just don't like I said I don't watch Premier League, but just happened to see a little bit of um, Rob Green analysing uh, a performance of his, and it, it was really eye-opening for me because don't know an awful lot about goalkeeping and he had his hands dropped right down near his knees and he was saying that um you you've got to you if you've got your hands right down by your knees you've always got to like move your hands to wherever you wherever you're going to make a save you've got to move them and it, it, it rob green said his hands should have been in a different position mm. and then i read the other day that that's what they've been working on with him um so Right. I don't know whether it was a result of that critique or whether it was something else that triggered it, but yeah. Yeah, it's, um, it's interesting. Um, you get rocked on goalkeeping now. Yeah, well, you, you, you are going to for at least 30 <laughs> seconds now. So. Um, so, so, yeah, you're right. And, and do you remember um, the city keeper? Was it Carlos Bravo? Carlos Brava, Bravo. But basically, on the, on, in South America and on the, on the continent, they tend to drop their hands down. Um, I right. don't know why. It's just it's just how they how they teach them to do it, especially in the Netherlands as well for some reason. But in this country, what 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 we what we're taught to do through you know the coaching badges and things like that, and and, and a lot of coaches will say this is you have to have your hands in the middle. So if you if you can imagine you stood there, you stood up, and you're holding a, holding a McDonald's tray, and you're taking your McDonald's to your to your seat, that's where mm. your hands should generally be, and that's because it's equidistant. And it's the sh- it's the shortest time if the shot's above to the left to the right or down below. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's it's quicker to get in the, all those places if you have your hands down by your knees, and it does go up, then it's going to take you longer. To... Yeah, longer. Not point one seconds, whatever it is, and that could be the difference between it flashing past you or or you saving it. Um, so that's what that's what I so certainly that's what I've taught my young goalkeepers when I've been uh, when I've been teaching them. Yeah, yeah, something about his feet as well. Rob Green said something about his his foot positioning. He should be in a position where, um, if you need to move to your weight to like one side, you the foot that you're not standing on, you should be able to drag your leg. Um, I didn't quite get it all, but um, that was something he said he needed to work on as well. But mm. it certainly seems like it. You know, I know he's had criticism when he plays for Everton, but. Uh, n- no criticism for me at all for for what he's done for England. No, he, he turns into a different player, doesn't he? Somehow, mm. um, which is good. It's good for us, isn't it? It's good for us. And not, not that I'm not an Everton fan. I mean, I'm not, but you know, I don't really care. Um, no, but, it's, but it is good for us. Yeah. So why didn't Rob Green come out with all this before I don't before know. the 2010 World Cup when he let in that one against the USA? <laughs> it's obviously a case of like he talks a good game. But... <laughs> <laughs> That's generally he knows what you should do in theory. Yeah, but just doing it's a different matter, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, let's move on. Uh, well, no, let, not, let's not move on. I'll, I'll ask you a question. Yes, no answer. Dave, can England go all the way and win it? And win it? Yeah. Fuck it. Come on, <laughs> <laughs> Chloe. Yes. I like I like your confidence. It's funny because yeah. if we'd have been, obviously, well, I was going to say if we if we if we'd have lost last night, you wouldn't have said that. But I wouldn't have asked the fucking question. <laughs> 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 so, 
a stupid thing to say. Um, um, one thing. But, but, sorry, Ross. Go on. I was gonna, no, I was going to say um, it's it's. I, I love how if this was county and and we just won on a Tuesday evening and we were doing a pod on a Wednesday and I say, are we going to win promotion? We'd probably all sit here and say, yeah, wouldn't we? Even though there's twenty games left because we just won. The night before. <laughs> anyway, sorry, mate. What was you going to say? No, I was just going to pick up on the the scenes after the goals, crowd scenes. Just yeah, the fantastic, limbs. absolutely brilliant. Yeah, because we've all been there, you know, like fucking falling over and hugging strangers and stuff like that. Just brilliant, absolutely fantastic. You know, considering we've been used to empty football grounds and then reduced capacity and it all being a bit mm. bit sterile and just brilliant, absolutely excellent. So I, I think I think Rio Ferdinand picked up on the fact, you know, that obviously because of the pandemic we. We've kind of been starved of this, and it was almost like a big release, wasn't mm. it? It was like mm. you know a, a collective release of uh, you know, isn't this brilliant type of thing? Because we've not, it's you know, it's all like I say, it's all been a bit sterile. Yeah, yeah. That that release, I, I was expecting that release to come in against Scotland, but it, it was a bit of a damp squib, wasn't it? Mm. Um, but the, you know, if if you'd have said to me, "Well, don't have it at Scotland, have it versus Germany, and you'll win two 0 I'd have you know, I'd have happily waited. Well, well I have happily waited. Um, so yeah, okay. Um, other teams then in in the comp that are left in the competition or not left. Let's let's cover some of the other games um, in in the next section. So Chloe, you're obviously well versed in all things Italian. Um, mm-hmm. I said on last week's pod or the first pod, I can't remember the week before. My friend who's in um, who's who's in Milan, he's an Atalanta fan. He was saying to me uh, after after our first game, he's going, "Oh, Russ, you look pretty good." You know, the English England look pretty good. And I said, mm. "Well, I said Roberto, I said Italy look pretty good too." Um, so, <laughs> so tell us a bit about Italy. You know, are their fans expecting? Are they, are they are they really doing that well, or is it or is it a bit you know smoke and mirrors? No, I think I think the country is behind the team, and I think um, you know they're they're enjoying what they're seeing at the moment. It's quite it's quite interesting because there's a whole you know uh, England fans calling for Grealish to start. Well, mm. Italy fans are calling for Chiesa to start um, instead of Berardi uh, on the wing, and um, it's it's a bit it's you can see a lot of parallels between Italy and England in this tournament um, that. In the past, they've had a, a mixed bag, Italy, especially at the Euros, and um, they've they've got Mancini in, and he's 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 changed the, the mentality a little bit. He's m- more than in the past where you'd have a lot of players from Juve, Milan, and Inter. That would be pretty much it. They've, he's taken players from other different clubs, um, and I think that's helped the togetherness of the side. They look a lot more together and united than they have done uh, in the past, but. Um, yeah, uh, the Berardi is kind of doing a, a workmanlike job on the wing, and he's and he's getting it done. And Chiesa is like a an impact sub. Yes, probably he's he's a better player than Berardi, um, but it, it, it's all part of a bigger tactical plan, which you can see um, is very similar to England. Uh, but yeah, there's 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 confidence, and I think quite rightly so. I think I think Italy are probably England's uh, biggest rival if they if they want to win the tournament. 
Yeah, I'd like to be a fly on the wall in your house if we play Italy in the final. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I like that from Mancini. He's not got that big club bias in this in this squad. So like you say, Berardi, Locatelli, they're, they're both play for Sassuolo, don't they? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, I like that. I like that you're just casting your net a little bit wider. Yeah, it's it's very it's very much like Southgate really that he's he's making a break with the past. He's trying to improve the team spirit. He's trying to improve the mentality, and he's working from a very tactical point of view, um, which you know people people don't necessarily like. They don't necessarily. They think they know better. They think that, um, you know, it causes a lot of debate. But in the end, it, it does. I mean, they did wobble a bit against Austria, but, um, you know, it, it gets the job done and um, they're, they're looking strong. And, yeah, I think they can, they we can possibly expect an Italy-England final. So the next, well, Friday, it's Belgium versus Italy. So are you telling me you're confident of getting past... Sorry, are you telling me Italy are confident of getting past Belgium? I think so. I think um, if if we look at the whole... Um, the trend in the tournament, I think the, the teams that are well-organised tending to, to do better. Um, and I don't, I don't personally rate Roberto Martinez as a tactician. I think he's probably a very good man manager and he's um he's got different strengths but I think Mancini will quite easily out tactic him. Um and obviously De Bruyne is missing isn't he? Um mm. uh and uh Eden Hazard as well. So they're very reliant on Lukaku whereas Italy are, are strong as a unit and they work together as a unit. So um they're saying oh you know Italy haven't got a star a star player, a standout player but um I think it seems to be the trend in this tournament that the the teams that work well as a unit are doing better. Yeah, yeah, in Belgium as well, their their golden generation is coming to an end now, and I, I can mm. I can sense a bit of desperation in them that that the you know they haven't got players coming through and they're desperate to win something and make, you know make use of this golden generation. Um, I mean, certainly I'll be watching that. Well, I'll be watching them all, but that's the one when you look at the draw for the quarterfinals. That's the one apart from ours that I look at and think. That's going to be a bit of a ding-dong game, that, isn't it? Mm, yeah, should be good. Good stuff. Um, so, the, I mean, the, the other things that have happened, you know, group of death, you know, the one we were all fearing, uh, France, Germany and Portugal are all out. Um, Switzerland, obviously, dumped out France. Um, we we knocked out Germany. And um, who beat the Netherlands? Czech Republic. Czech Republic beat the Netherlands. So... You know anything goes in this in this um, in this tournament so far. Spain as well are probably the ones left in it who you'd look at just from a, a reputational perspective and say that they're, they're a threat as well. Yeah, yeah, I like Morata. Um, that goal he scored in extra time the other day was fantastic. Great, great mm. finish. That uh, I like him, but yeah, kind of a bit like a bit like Belgium. On reputation, they're quite good. Mm. When you actually watch them, I'm not massively convinced. No, I'm not either. They, they don't. I mean, 
it that uh, was it a five nil win they had in the last group game? I think that flattered them really. Yeah. Um, they were they were pretty pretty poor really against um, Croatia, uh, and they don't. Again, this is another team that don't seem very well organised. That are trying to, they're trying to do that tiki taka passing type thing, and that's all gone out of fashion now. It's it's yeah. a lot more about being direct and uh, pressing and and all that. That and they don't really do that. So yeah, yeah I, I can't see that they they're going to progress that much. Yeah, it's it's like they've not evolved, isn't it? And mm. they've tried the same, haven't they? To go, uh, Lewis and Riquet's tried not to pick from the big two. So I, th- I don't think there's any Real Madrid players in the squad and there's three Barcelona players. I mean, they drew with Sweden, which, you know, that's okay. Nil-nil. Drew with Poland. They they were not out. Um, and then beat Slovakia. You know, the, Slovakia might tip to do well. So, you know, that was no surprise that they beat them 5-0. <laughs> one of your, one of, <laughs> one of your tips. One of mine. One of my tips. I'm not making any more tips anymore, Dave. <laughs> I've, 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 I've given up that. Um <laughs> So yeah, it's, I think I think you're right. I think they flattered to deceive, don't they? Um, but it's just it's just when you look at that quarterfinal draw, is what I'm saying is you know you've got that side of the draw: Belgium, Italy, and Spain. That they're they're the sort of traditional big hitters, aren't they? Um, and then on our side, you've got Ukraine, Czech Republic, and Denmark, and ours would seem like the easier route. But knowing England, we won't make it easy. Um, because I think everybody's thinking we're nailed on finalists now, and I, I don't, I don't personally see it that way. I think there's a lot of hard work to get through. Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, we've seen the Czech Republic; they've beaten Holland. You know, they um, played relatively well against us, beat Scotland, which probably isn't too difficult in the grand scheme of things. But you know, they still needed to do that, and they looked quite impressive in doing so. So, Denmark, good result against against Wales. Then, obviously got through that kind of emotional time after what happened to Christian Eriksen. They lost the first mm. two games and then still qualified, you know. So, um, they have, you know, they're a decent side as well. Um, it's really not, not going to be easy, even if we do win on, on Saturday. Yeah, I, the only thing I wonder with Denmark is that um, I saw with Fiorentina what happened when um, Davide's story died, um, you know, probably three years ago now. Um for a while, the team played really, really well afterwards, and you wouldn't expect that after such a a, a shocking event mm-hmm. and such a big tragedy. And they were, you know, they had this real togetherness, and I think it was almost like they were running on the adrenaline of something happening. They all pulled together and supported each other, but then there was a big dip when they when it sort of really hit them. And I wonder mm. if maybe that might happen with Denmark at some point. Um, because they 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 want they're playing for each other, aren't they? And they're playing because of what happened. And um, I just wonder if if they might hit the brick wall at some point. Yeah, yeah, that emotional weight will 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 become too much for them. Possibly. Yeah, no, I can see that. I can see that. Um, yeah, I mean, anything else to, to talk of? I mean, the the France game was was. I mean, Monday's Monday's. Matches, both matches. I think you know that'll go down forever in in European Championship history, won't it? As as one of the greatest days of of, of live football, France being dumped out by Switzerland, having been three one up. What with ten minutes to go? Yeah, yeah. It just looked, looked like it was done, didn't it? It looked like it was finished. That was it. You know, Switzerland had had, had their moment, and 
and uh, I think a lot of other teams would have really let the heads drop after that crazy few minutes where they missed the penalty mm. and then France scored two quick goals after that. I think that would have killed most teams off, but their spirit was fantastic to keep trying and keep going and and their number nine, Seferovic, yeah. his his centre-forward play was fantastic, I thought. Yeah, it's, it's funny. I, um, my boss is, is Swiss um, and he was saying that every tournament, the Swiss generally rely on um, sort of passion and guts to make up for what they lack in ability. Um, so he, he, he didn't really surprise him that when, when France kind of let them in, that, that they started to get that one goal back, which started to make France a bit more nervous. And then obviously they got the second to make it 3-3. So he wasn't really that surprised. I was completely shocked. Switzerland always seemed to me to be um, a team that always seemed to qualify for tournaments, but maybe maybe get out of the group and then and then fall. Yeah, I think that's what everyone expected, wasn't it? I think mm. everyone thought it would be just straightforward for France, really. Um, and yeah, and then they had a, a, a real... Golden opportunity to make it two nil. They missed the penalty, and so all of a sudden it was three one, and yeah. that, that seemed to be it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So such such a, a shock, and it was riveting, wasn't it? It was just, couldn't take your eyes off it. Just the most ridiculous sort of six, seven, eight hours of drama. <laughs> like it was like, like theatre. What it was just ridiculous. I mean, unless you're French, obviously, it's probably it probably wasn't that <laughs> enjoyable. But oh. Croatian, you know what I mean? It was just so good. But does it say as well that the defences, you know, when, when you look at our defence, we look pretty solid. I don't think anybody else's, maybe aside from Italy, look as good as our defence. No. No, I'll give you that. Yeah. Yeah. Chloe, do you know if Keelan is going to be back for Friday? What's the... um, I think they're hoping so. Yeah, yeah I think they're hoping so. Uh, they do, I must admit, they do look, look better with Chiellini. I think even um, not just the player that he is, but also his leadership and, and his a sort of awareness of how to organise the back line is mm. uh, is so lacked when he's not there. Yeah, you could tell, you so, could yeah, tell the think. difference against Austria you know, when mm, he, wasn't, he wasn't playing and yeah, you could tell the difference. Yeah, he's just a bit made of glass these days. Yeah, well, you know, he's... <laughs> Was he 37? Uh, I'm not sure he's that old. Uh, might be 36, maybe. He won't be listening anyway. Yeah. He's not going to send me a beauty. <laughs> he he looks beauty. older. He looks older than that, doesn't he? He looks like he's about 45. Steady on. <laughs> <laughs> not far off that myself. Yeah. Um, cool. Right. Um, I could probably tell you how old Chiellini is. He's 36. There you go. 36. Yeah. So, right, um, I think that's a good place to end it because um, we're coming up to the hour mark. Um, just like to say massive thanks to Chloe for coming on for a second time and hopefully we'll get you on for your hat-trick at some point. Yeah, absolutely. The, the, the final. There you go. <laughs> oh, God. Well, if, it, if, it, if it's Italy against England, I think, we've, I think we'd have I think we be rude not to, wouldn't we? We'll probably do a special yeah. for that. Yeah. Um, definitely. Um, Chloe, I don't know if you want to give... Um, your your curva e calcio, a I've, I've pronounced that right. Got to work on your pronunciation there, Ross. Come on. Yeah, ca- calcio. So almost, almost. Oh, okay. Curva e calcio. Curva e calcio. E calcio. Yeah. Do you know if you want to give that a plug? <laughs> just let let people know what that's about. 
Yeah, so uh, it's a it's a Serie A newsletter. Um, it's uh, one that you pay a small fee per month to sign up to, but it's got no ads and no transfer nonsense or anything like that. It's a lot of it's reliving the the past. Um, we did want a big podcast, like two hours, on um, Sampdoria Scudetto win, which was like thirty years ago, and that was. That was Mancini and Viali playing together for Sampdoria, so it's got quite a nice mm. synchronicity to it that they've thirty years later they're they're uh, on the bench together with Italy. So yeah, stuff like that and uh, uh, in depth features really uh, is what we try and focus on. So good, yeah, good stuff. And and that that passion and, and friendship came through, didn't it? When when Italy scored past Austria, yeah, it was great, wasn't it? It was yeah. really. Nice moment, especially as um, Viali's been suffering with cancer and stuff. It's it was really good. Yeah, nice, uh, good stuff. Yeah, cheers for that. Uh, cheers to Dave as well. Um, no problem, mate. Uh, thanks for continuing to come on and, and, talk, and talk football with me. Um, <laughs> and just a reminder: next week we've got uh, Matt Dean and Steve Shipman from the Boundary Park Alert System, Oldham Athletics. Uh, podcast fan podcast so they're going to join us and who knows we might uh, have just qualified for the final at that point it's supposed to be next Wednesday when we record but that's the night that the semi that the semi-final is I think so don't want to get ahead of myself I don't want to change the date of the recording just in case you know I don't you know just the same as I didn't book a hotel in Bristol um I for did. The same reason. Yeah, well, I do, do, do want to bring that up, Dave. <laughs> yeah, I cancelled it through through a haze of beer and tears on the Sunday night. I <laughs> uh, love it. So we've got Matt, Matt Dean, Steve Shipman on next week. Um, week after is going to be um, Liam Cash, I think, we've got on the week after. And then Pete Towie on at some point after that. So, yeah, all good stuff. Uh, so, yeah, thanks for joining us. Uh, thanks for listening. And uh, speak to you soon. Cheers, everyone. You've been listening to the Scarf Pagara Wall, edited and produced by the Scarf Pagara Wall team. The title track was created by Daniel Johnson with commentary from Richard Harnwell. The podcast currently is being recorded socially distanced remotely, so please don't write in. If you enjoy the podcast, please like, subscribe and comment on whatever podcast platform you listen to us on. Thank you. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure 24 7, 365 days of the year. 
let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants. 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. <laughs> 